Well, praise the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going into a part number two of the ongoing series entitled People Bondage. We're breaking free from fear. You know the Word of God declares that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. And it is time for you to break out of those bonds of fear and so that you can be released into full service in the kingdom of God. Oh, we're going to have a great time today. Now, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. It is there that you can find today's message in its entirety, as well as the entire series. And while you're there on the website, don't forget to click the give button so that you can give into the ministry and be blessed. Any amount that you give will be a rich blessing to us and it will help us to share this gospel all around the world. When you give, people do live. And we are excited and we're so grateful for your giving. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled People Bondage Part 2, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Enjoy. So glad to see you all. Online community, we're so grateful that you decided to join us today. Uh, Thank you so much, online community, for sharing with us uh, in God's rich word today. We know that you will receive a blessing from the Lord. And don't forget, too, you can hit the uh, give button at kingdomrock.org, and you can give into today's service as well and be a partaker of it. Remember, when we're praying today, we're also praying for you. Uh, We're praying for you. And believe in God for your miracle as well. So you are part of the service. You're part of the service. Kingdom Rock, let's give our online community a hand. Amen. You're part of the service. You're part of the service. All right. All right. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead today and continue in the message series entitled People Bondage. People Bondage. And this is part number two in that series. So I pray if that if you have not had the opportunity to hear uh, part one, that you'll go back and get the um, get the materials online. Right now, we have not made any hard copies, uh, CD copies, but you can uh, go back and watch the uh, YouTube videos at this moment. So make sure that you do that if you have not already uh, heard it. Amen? Amen. And remember, the importance of it is the importance of online media is so that you can hear it again. Get in those scriptures again. Read those scriptures again. Get them into you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Y'all praying with me today? Amen. All right. So let's go back into part number two now. So we said before, uh, what was people bondage? People bondage uh, is the fear of man. People just being afraid of people. The fear of what others may think about us. The fear of what others may say about us. The fear of what they might do. And if we fear so much of that, then it stops us, it hinders us. As Proverbs says, it disables us. It disables us. So that's people bondage. And what people bondage does, here again, if you're in school or if you're at work, wherever you are, it makes you really not want to be around other people. It makes you critical of others. And it's hard for you to love somebody that you're afraid of. It's hard for you to talk to somebody that you're afraid of. It's hard for you to release fully to them when you're afraid of them. 
And so Jesus wants us, wants you and I to be free completely from people bondage. Jesus says plainly, whom the son has set free is free indeed. And where the spirit of the Lord is, what? There is liberty. So we want to really dive into this today. We're really going to take our time and just follow the leading of the Lord today. So I'm thankful that you're with me today. All right, we had a confession on last time, and we're going to continue in this confession throughout the entire series. Uh, we're going to continue to say it with boldness, power, and conviction. And I, will ur- I urge you as well, uh, confess this on days other than Sunday morning around 10 o'clock. Amen. Are you hearing? Amen. Get the meat of the word in you, amen? amen? What happens here has to translate out there. Yes. If it only happens here, you're only getting a fraction of what you're meant to receive. Hallelujah. 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 Time to wake the dead online community. Are you ready? Let's go. I am loved and accepted by God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Because I believe in Jesus, there is no judgment against me. I am a fearless believer, and I will seize every God opportunity that is presented before me. Today, I declare that I am more than enough. I will live my dreams and more, or rather move ever forward into, into divine destiny. Amen. Amen. Isn't that awesome? You will seize every God opportunity. How many of you would say that you've missed some God opportunities from time to time? I can put a leg up. I've missed some God opportunities. And you know you miss God opportunities because, oh, the pain of regret is so horrible. The sting of regret is so horrible. You wish you should have said something to this person, wish you should have done that. But the moment is past. And then you go back and regret and say, God, please help me not to miss the next time. Please give me another chance. Anybody? Why do we miss it? Because mainly, many people, many times, it's because of fear. Maybe that wasn't you. Maybe they this and maybe they that. People bondage. What will happen when God frees you completely, when you get free completely? Huh? Let's look at some scripture. Let's go to Revelation 21, Revelation 21, verses 6 through 8. And uh, we're going to start here in the scripture. Revelation 21, verses 6 through 8. And Jesus speaking here, and he said, and he said unto me, uh, the King James Version, he said, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh, say overcome. overcome. Say overcome. overcome. Say overcome. overcome. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his son, rather than I will be his God, and he shall be my son, right? Verse um, 8, verse 8 talks about all the things that, uh, that are being overcome. Verse 8 says, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, 
and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Notice the very first thing on the list to overcome is what? Fearful. Fear. We say that, said the definition of fearful really meaning full of fear. Full of fear. Now, we said as well that being afraid is not sin. You're not sinning when you are afraid. But we do enter into sin uh, when we allow the fear to rob us of obedience to God. Say, I would have done it, but I was afraid. And on last time, I gave you several uh, examples in the scripture of individuals that were also afraid. Moses was afraid. He said, God, send somebody else. I can't do this. I'm a stutterer. I stammer. I don't know how to do this. Now, the 10 spies were afraid. They said, there are giants over there. We can't do that. They're stronger than us. We can't do that. Was afraid. Gideon was afraid. As he was threshing uh, wheat there in in, in the wine press, he was hiding from the Midianites. Was afraid. So many people were afraid. And you'll find out there are countless times in scripture, you do your own search. You can Google it, I'm sure. You can find how many times did God say to people, did Jesus say to them, uh, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. So fear is a part of a human existence. I don't care who you are, where you are, how much money you have, where you grew up. Fear is a part of our existence. But we don't have to allow fear to overcome us. You can overcome fear. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you can overcome the fear. And tell him, you will overcome the fear. Hallelujah. Online community, you will overcome the fear. Isn't that right, Kingdom Rock? Online community, you will overcome the fear. In Jesus' mighty name. All right. Now, let's go to Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29. Uh, Fearful here also meaning the faithless. Those who lack genuine conviction of the truth. Faithless. Faithless. Proverbs 29, verse 25, which really speaks straight to people bondage. This is, what it, this is how it reads. It says, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his what? Trust in the Lord shall be what? Safe. Shall be safe. Look at that same verse out of the Message Bible. And it says what? The fear of human opinion disables. Trusting in God protects you from that. So we see here that trust in God is the cure for the fear. Trusting in God is the cure for the fear. But let me tell you something. If someone tells you, well, you're going to have to do something, let's say you're afraid of maybe um, public speaking, getting up before others and speaking. That was my testimony for many years. I was afraid to get up before the class to speak, afraid to get up before the student body to speak. Oh, I was terrified. I stuttered and I I stammered and I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it to save my life. Couldn't do it. Wouldn't want to do it. I thought, oh, Lord, what a cruel joke. I'm going to have to do that for the rest of my life. But God gets the glory. Amen. Amen. He's a master, master at telling you something that you say you can't do it, but he knows all the while you can. 
Isn't that something? You find the enemy's attack on your life really in your greatest area of strength. You find him attacking you there the most. Trying to convince you that you can't and that you're not. As we said before, trusting, trusting in God, putting your faith in him uh, protects you from the fear of man. But let's be more specific. Uh, we say, well, I'm trusting God if someone has to uh, go and speak before people. You tell your friend, I'm afraid. Your friend says to you, well, trust God. Well, that is true, but trust God in, trust God how? It has to be specific. What are you trusting God for? Not just a blanket, trust God. What are you trusting God for? Well, I'm trusting God that when I stand before the people that he will speak through me. I'm trusting God that when I stand before the, when I stand for my classmates, that, uh, uh, that no matter what happens, I'll be able to speak clearly and, uh, everything will be okay. I'm, I'm, I'm trusting God that when I get there, that the courage will be within me and that God will get the victory. What are you trusting him for? So to say, trust God. Now that's true, but you have to be more specific. What are you trusting him for? Now, when you get specific about the fear. Now, one definition of trust as well. Uh, trust means, yes, it means um, depending on someone or something to keep you safe. Trust. Depending on someone or something to keep you safe. In this, uh, in this context, we're believing uh, in God to keep us safe. Keep us secure. Keep us safe from danger. Are you hearing? So, you say, trust God, okay, what am I expecting God to keep me safe from? What am I expecting him to protect me from? Are you hearing? So now that has to do with you. You have to know what you're expecting God to keep you safe from. You have to, you have to know really the area of your fear. You say, I just get afraid. Well, what are you afraid of? Instead of saying, I'm afraid. That's a, that's, 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 that's a large blanket. You have to know what you are afraid of, right? It's kind of like you go into the doctor's office and say, I'm sick. Well, what's wrong? I got all these syringes here and I got all this medication, right? All these are, spe- are for specific ailments. What specifically is the issue? What is the problem, Right? If your leg is falling off and you're bleeding to death, an aspirin is not going to help your headache. You got a bigger problem. So you have to ask yourself, what am I afraid of? Okay, so I can pour a a gallon of holy oil on you. We can we can fill the baptismal pool up with oil and bathe you in it. Well, we won't be bathing you in it, but you can get in it. We're not that type of church. Amen. Hallelujah. But what I'm saying to you, we can have everybody to lay hands on you in a holy way. Are you hearing? Everybody can lay hands on you, but there are some things that you're going to have to seek God for yourself. Are you hearing? So you're going to have to ask the question, what am I afraid of? What am I afraid of? How is the enemy stopping me from becoming more 
uh, from, from becoming all that I should be. What am I afraid of? Well, last time I gave you um, about eight different things that people that experience people bondage, eight different things that, that they fear. So we're going to look at these things today. Uh, and I put them on the screen uh, this week because I want you to hear and understand what they are. Again, uh, the first thing that when we talk about people bondage, people bondage uh, we're afraid of fear. We have a fear of disappointment. A fear of disappointment, or rather a fear of a disapproval, a fear of disapproval. You're afraid that when you go to somebody to speak something, that they're going to disapprove of you. That's a valid fear, fear of disapproval. Second thing is a fear of judgment, fear of judgment. Third thing is a fear of criticism, fear of criticism. Fourth thing is fear of not being enough. Fear of not being enough. Fifth thing is a fear of rejection. Again, what are you afraid of? These are some things that we are, or we're zoomed in now instead of just I'm afraid or instead of just saying I'm hurting. What's hurting? What's the issue? You have to find out the issue. You have to get to the root of the matter in order to destroy the work of it. You have to get to the root of it. All right. So we said, again, five is the fear of rejection. Six, uh, the fear of being unloved. Six, the fear of being alone. Right. I'm sorry. Seven. And number eight, the fear of being misunderstood. These are eight things that shut people down. Shut you down. Uh, that stop you from speaking up publicly that stop you from exercising your gift, your spiritual gifts and talents. These are things that shut you down. So as we identify what there's, there's maybe one or two or maybe three of these in here that really target in on you. You you say, that's me, that's me, that's me. Well, then that's what you're believing God to keep you safe from. Does that make sense? So once you know or have a better idea of what you're afraid of, you've got to ask some questions. You've got to ask some questions. One is, why am I afraid of it? Why am I afraid of it? Secondly, you've got to ask that same question again. Why am I afraid of that? Why am I afraid of that? Then once you've gotten that answer, you've got to ask, why does the thought of this torment me so? So you started with, what am I afraid of? Then why am I afraid of that? Well, why am I afraid of it? And then why does the thought of that torment me so? And then we need to ask the question, what's the absolute worst thing that could happen? What's the absolute worst thing that could happen? So we're going to show you just briefly how to overcome the fear. So if you if you tied in with me this morning, if you work with me this morning, if you tune in this morning, I believe the Lord can give you um, some true deliverance from people bondage. And you can move forward in your life. Move forward. Instead of just going constant circles because we're afraid. Some people don't leave home because they're afraid. Won't leave the county because they're afraid of what's, what's on the outside of the county. Afraid. Now the Lord said that he will preserve you. Or now I believe Psalm 121, possibly verse number 8, 7 or 8. The Lord said that he will preserve thy going in and thy going out. Or thou going out and they're coming in. 
He'll preserve you. In other words, he'll protect you. He will keep you safe. You need to write that down. Psalm 121. You need to learn that. Psalm 121, I believe verses 1 through 8. Uh, you'll find out how the Lord will keep you safe. He will protect you in your going out and your coming in. He will preserve you from all evil. He will preserve your soul. We need to meditate on these verses, especially when it gets difficult for you uh, to leave or difficult for you in life to move forward. You need to, you need to learn these. All right, to help us to further uh, figure out or to overcome uh, this fear thing and what you are afraid of. Before I get into that, can anybody honestly say that you have been afraid or that there are some things that terrify you? A couple of people can. Online community, how about you? Can you say the same thing? I see Buffy, I see Billy, I see Janie. We see you. Anyway, let's take a look at our friend named let me meet you somebody. Let me introduce somebody. His name is Bob. Bob. Bob says what? Hi, Kingdom Rock. That's Bob. He's Bob. Bob has a problem. Bob has a problem. Bob says what? I'm afraid. Please help me. So we're going to have to help Bob out. So we're not talking about you. We're talking about Bob. So feel free to look straight ahead. Nobody's going to know. We're talking about Bob. So in order to help Bob out of the fear that he is in, we're going to talk about the four W's. Some things that we just spoke about a moment ago. You see, because I understand something. If you don't overcome your fear, some of you will never go back to school. You never, you never try to get that higher paying job. You never get the driver's license. Uh, you never try for the promotion. You never move forward in ministry. You won't move forward. You won't go and talk to your boss. You won't go do things that you know you have to do. You won't go talk to your teacher. You won't go tell your friend about Christ. You won't do it. You just walk around in circles all the days of your life, never moving forward, never moving ahead. Because that old fear, that old fear goes around you like a roaring lion and it's trying to stop you from moving. But you have to overcome that. Are you hearing? So let's help Bob today. Does anybody want to help Bob today? Let's help Bob today. Let's help him by talking about the four four W's. First of all, uh, Bob, what are you afraid of? Bob's afraid of judgment, criticism, humiliation. He's got to go talk to somebody. Say, Bob, what are you afraid of? When you, when you stand up there, Bob, when you go before him, when you're about to say something to him, what are you afraid of? I'm afraid that they're going to judge me. I'm afraid that they're going to criticize me. I'm afraid, I'm afraid that they're going to, I'm just, I'll be humiliated. They'll laugh at me. All right, Bob. So, okay, we see you're afraid of judgment, their judgment, their criticism, and their humiliation. All right, Bob, why are you afraid of that? Why are you afraid of their judgment, criticism, and humiliation? Why are you afraid of that? Well, for Bob, he says, well, I'm afraid because, you know, it, it feels like, um, like I have failed. I failed on an assignment. I, I, I failed. I failed to do a, an adequate job. I, I failed to do an acceptable job. All right, Bob, so you are afraid, uh, you're afraid to stand before them because you you're afraid that they're going to judge you, criticize you, humiliate you. Why are you afraid of that? 
because that would mean that I didn't do a good job. Okay, Bob, why does that make you feel? Why does you make it? Why? Why is it that when you feel as though you've done a bad job, why does why does that bother you? Why are you afraid of that? Because Bob says, because I'm afraid to fail. You're afraid of fail. Okay, Bob, you are afraid of failure. You are afraid of failure. Okay, Bob, okay. All right, then why are you afraid to fail, Bob? Anybody getting a hold of this? Why are you so afraid to fail, Bob? Because, Bob says, well, because it, it feels like I'm being punished and I feel unloved. Because I know that I would do, when I do right, Bob says, I know when I, when I do right, hey, I get love, I get attention. But when I do wrong, I get punished. Oh, okay, Bob, okay, so I see when you stand in front of the group, you said that you feel judgment, uh, criticism, and humiliation. You feel like this is coming at you and you feel afraid, and, and you're afraid of that because it all whittles down to you're afraid of failing. You're afraid of failing. So, and your fear of failure comes from the fact that you feel unloved. Unloved. So, Bob, what you're actually saying that you're afraid of is afraid of being unloved. Unloved. Because when Bob brings home the A's, everybody loves Bob in the house. But Bob brings home D's and he tried his best. Afraid of being unloved. They won't like me anymore. So Bob has grown up with this complex. He's grown up with this from, from his school age. He's grown up with this. When I fail, there's punishment. When I succeed, there's love. So now that Bob is up in front of the group, the same emotions are still there with him. And he needs to say something now, but he can't because the root of it is they may not love me. I hope somebody can see that. So the root of fear in Bob's life is a feeling of punishment, which which really translates into a feeling of being unloved. So if this is true, if this is true, when Bob goes into an environment where he feels loved and accepted, he'll have no problem. Does that make sense? When Bob feels safe, where the group loves me. Bob can feel, I mean, he has no problem whatsoever of expressing the gift. There's no bondage. There's no fear. The gift can be unrestrained. So I'm saying that here for you as well. Please understand that. Because when you find out the true root of your fear, then put it to the test. Put it to the test. In Bob's case, All he has to do is find an environment where he feels loved and accepted and the gifts will flow unhindered, uninterrupted, and everything will be fine. Amen? Amen. So, Bob, what do you say about that? Bob says what? Thank you, Jesus. I feel much better. I feel much better. Let's clap our hands for Bob. Bob feels better. Very good, Bob. He feels a lot better. But the question is here now in life, we won't always find those comfortable situations. 
when you know that people love you and that they actually want you to be there. In many cases, you will find that you will feel tolerated instead of celebrated. Their faces will look at you like, hmm, who are you? Why did you get the promotion? Hmm. What are you doing here? Who do you think you are? But yet and still, you're called to say something. You're called to speak. You're called to to do something. And the enemy knows that you're called to say or to do. And so he launches that old fear that you had from your childhood. That old fear. Now here again, now you've already been with God in prayer. You've already asked the Holy Spirit to search your heart, to try you and know your faults. So now you've been asking yourself the question, why? Why? What am I afraid of when I go do thus and so? Why am I afraid of that? What is that fear? You've been asking yourself, well, why am I afraid of that? And why am I afraid of that? Now you've come down to the root of the fear and now you know what this is. And you believe in God to keep you safe from that. Remember Proverbs, trusting in God keeps you safe from that. You have to know what your that is. But in this life, here again, you're not always going to find places where you're celebrated. You're not always going to find people who love you. Now understand something. We as human beings, we need to feel loved. We crave to feel loved. We want to feel loved. We want to feel accepted. Right? We don't want to be alone. We want to be a part. We want to be a part. And so when you come up before people, come up before a group or for whoever, whatever you've got to do, whatever in whatever area it is, you want to know that they will love you no matter what. Even if they disagree with you, you want to know that they will still love you. But that's only found in the presence of God. That's not found among fallen man. The problem is here again, when you're going to look, when we go out looking for traits that belong to God among fallen man. So that's the interruption. That's the disconnect. And when we're looking for it, I have an idea. I have this thing I want to say to you. Heart, heart races. Do 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 do. Are you gonna reject me? Do 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 do. Are you gonna hold back love from me? Do 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 do. Heart races. Heart races. Heart races. Heart races. Am I gonna get this? Am I gonna get this? Do 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 do. We're looking for something. We have our feelers out there trying to find some kind of love, trying to find some type of acceptance, trying to find some type of belonging. Is it there? 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 We're trying to find something that only God can provide. So what do we do when you have a word from the Lord? You have something that you know that you are meant to do. And you can't find that. Fear comes up and it wraps his hands around your throat. Fear comes up and it brings its chains and it wraps your hands behind your back. And fear says, you better not say anything. It threatens you with that old punishment. They're not going to like you. It threatens you with that old punishment. They're going to kick you out. With that old punishment, you'll never be accepted. It threatens you with that old stuff. That old stuff. But what do you do? 
I'm glad you asked that question. What do you do? There are about five things that you need to do. Now, there'll be more as you're studying and as you're seeking the face of God for deliverance over the fear. As you're seeking him, he'll give you even more. But today he gives me these five things. All five may be of, may, may be of, of a benefit to you or one out of these five may shake your entire world. I don't know. But we're going to go over all these five. Won't be able to do it all today, I'm sure. But we're going to go line by line in these and really get into these because I'm serious. The Holy Spirit is serious about you being set completely free. Some things can be handled spiritually. The Bible says clearly that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. Some things can be handled spiritually. But the problem is here again, when you try to handle an emotional problem with spiritual means, spiritual means. Many times the Holy Spirit says, let me walk you through this. Let me show you that this is not that. Now, God can do anything. He can do anything. He's a spiritual God that can still heal your physical body. So we can do these things. But you'll find that many times if the Lord doesn't take that fear away immediately, he's trying to walk you through a process of freedom. Are you hearing? So let me give you some keys in how to overcome the fear that you're dealing with. The first thing is you're going to have to realize that their inability to love you does not mean you are unloved. Their inability to love you or to show you love does not mean that you are unloved. Here's that first key. You're going out before them to speak. Here again, you want love. You're human. You want love. But understand, if you don't receive love in return, does not mean that you are unloved. God loves you. And you're going to have to take his love with you into that situation. If you're already full when you go in, you find you won't be searching out so much. Is that making sense to you? Is that making sense, Rosie? Second thing is, second way you're going to overcome as well, uh, become comfortable with the worst case scenario, the total rejection from the group. When you become comfortable at what could happen, then you realize that fear has lost its power over you completely. We'll go over this. When you become comfortable with, what if I lose my job? When you become comfortable with the fact of God keeping you safe and providing for you, even though you have no job, when you become comfortable with that, that old boss can't hang that over your head no more. What? What? You want to fire me? Well, come on in. My God supplies all my needs according to the rich and glory by Christ Jesus. He's got me. And I can hold, hold that over my head anymore. Who do you think you are? You understand what I'm saying? You can't hold that over my head anymore. What, you going to kill me? Oh, uh, to, live, to live is Christ, uh, to, to die is gain. Hallelujah. I just get to go home now. Hallelujah. Are you hearing? When you can disarm fear, disarm it, you will gain victory over it. Third thing is, force yourself to confront the pain of fear over and over again to develop emotional calluses. Becoming numb to the pain. Now we'll find out later on 
that that's exactly what God did with Moses. Moses said, I can't do it. God sent, God sent Moses to Pharaoh again and again and again and again. Go back, Moses, and again. I can't. Go back, Moses, again. I can't, God. Go back, Moses. Eventually, we see how Moses then begins to speak for Pharaoh himself, speak to Pharaoh himself, and begins to speak to the people himself without the aid of Aaron. Many times, God wants you to see that the thing that you've been afraid of is only a shadow. It's the shadow of death. It is not the real thing. But the enemy can fool us and cause us to be afraid over shadows. We're running from shadows. So the father says, stop running. But I'm afraid, Lord, stop running. But I'm afraid of, I'm afraid, Lord, stop running. Stand there, keep your feet firmly planted and call on my name. And you'll see that thing. Oh, is that what it was? I've been afraid of that all this time. Fourth thing is we're going to have to pray for deliverance. We're going to walk you through that, walk you through that path of deliverance. Some things can only be handled spiritually. If it's a spiritual problem and not an emotional or psychological problem, I mean, if it's a spiritual thing, you're going to have to attack the thing spiritually. So we're going to talk about that. Fifth thing is, and I love this, you're going to have to see Jesus with you uh, in your darkest moments and receive his love at the sight of your original wounding. Because that wounding occurred sometime very early in your life. For some, emotional wounding or spiritual scarring happened in the womb. Don't you know that a, a baby can develop uh, a fear of rejection from mom Amen. while still in the womb? Mom speaks to the baby, I don't want you. I don't want you. I don't want you. Mama goes around other people. Well, if I weren't pregnant, I could do something the other. If I weren't pregnant, baby hears all these things. Baby may not understand English at that moment, but it understands feelings. Amen. Feelings. And so from the womb, many are touched with those type of feelings. And so a child grows up having this complex, maybe being in a loving family, but there's a complex that is developed from the womb. So there are some things that have to be severed spiritually. Soul ties that needs to be disconnected. You're going to have to see Jesus with you at that moment of initial wounding. See him there with you when the molestation happened. See him there with you walking when the beating happened. See him there with you at the moment when they curse you out. See him there with you. See him there with you holding your hand. See him there with you being there with you with his arms around you, keeping you during that hard time. And then when you look back, you'll see Jesus from that moment and the strength of Christ at that moment of first wounding will come forward into your present life. Instead of fear robbing you of life, his love will add to your life. So we're going to talk about that first wounding. 
When did that first occur? Are y'all stay with me today? So let's talk a little bit further today about the very first one. Realize your realize their inability to love you does not mean you are unloved. You we've got to settle this. You've got to settle this. You've got to settle this. Realize that you are loved and accepted in Christ by your heavenly father. His love for you is unconditional. Say with me, my father's love for me is unconditional. Are you hearing? So again, you'll have to carry the knowledge of his love into that unloving environment. You're going to have to carry his, his love into the unloving environment. Being full of the knowledge of his love and the experience of his love will prevent you from overreaching. From over searching for love. As that one wise man once said like this. Looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in too many faces. Something, 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 something. What I dreaming of. Looking for love. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. We're all looking for love and acceptance. Are you hearing? But being filled with God's love. We'll look at this later on too, Lord willing. You'll find out that perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. If you're full of God's love, fear cannot reside in you. Are you hearing? We're going to talk about how to be filled with God's love. For me just to say it to you, be filled with God's love. Huh? What? Okay. Are you hearing? Hallelujah. So being filled with God's love or bringing God's love into the environment will help you, will help stop you from overreaching. All right. How do we do this? How do we be filled with God's love? One way we're going to do this is by spending quality time with him. And being filled with his word. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Being filled with his word yes. and spending quality time with him. So this already, this goes beyond just Sunday morning. Okay. First, let's look at John 3, 16. You know this very well. John 3, 16, as we begin to close, this is how it says, how it reads out of the King James Version. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not what? Perish, but what? But have everlasting life. Are you a part of the world? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Are you a part of the world? Then that means that God loves you. Are you understanding? Let's go to Romans 5. Romans 5 verse 8. Romans 5 verse 8. Romans 5 verse 8 says this. It says, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were what? Yet sinners, Christ died for us. What does that mean? God's love for you is unconditional. God's love for you is unconditional. You are part of the human family. That's what John uh, 3.16 was talking about. For God's love the world. He loves the human family. 
If you are part of the human family, God loves you. When his love for you start, his love for you did not start when you said, amen, Jesus, come in, be in my heart. God loves you, loved you while you were still sinning. He loves you when you were out doing whatever you did. Those things that we are now ashamed of. His love for you reached back then. One definition here of sinner is, uh, is one that is useless. He loved you when you were useless. When you had no benefit to the kingdom of God, he still loved you. God's love for you is unconditional, which means as well, he does not love you any more when you do right. And he does not love you any less when you do wrong. His love for you is unconditional, which means it has no conditions. It has no conditions. Human love is conditional. Human love is fickle. It's conditional. It will love you more when you do more for it. When you buy me a nice car, I'll love you more. When you give me lots of money, I'll love you more. But when you stop doing things that I like, I love you less. That's conditional love. God's love is unconditional. It will love you whether you're in the prison or in the palace. It will love you whether you're in the pit or wherever else. God will love you. His love for you is unconditional. His love for his children. And it started when you were still doing bad things. That's where his love started with you. When you're doing wrong. Think about the worst thing you've ever done. Think about skeletons in your closet. Let's go into the closet. You find God right there loving you. Amen. He still loves you. Isn't that something? And God proved that. He demonstrated his love for you. Let's look at one more. Let's look at Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 31 through 39. Uh, the New Living Translation. This is how it reads. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us. Who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? That's so powerful. Verse 33. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble and calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scripture says, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. Verse 38, and I am convicted that nothing can separate us from God's love. Say it with me. Nothing Nothing 
can separate me from God's love. Nothing can separate me from God's love. Now say it like you mean it. Nothing can separate me from God's love. Again. 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 So I need you to say that with conviction. And the more you say it and you pray on that, the more conviction you'll have. Some of us have been so wounded, we've never really felt love before. And so it's difficult for us to imagine being loved unconditionally. But understand something. Nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing. Let's talk about some of the nothing on the list. Neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now that's a good shouting point and clapping point right there. That's a good shouting point. So let's make this confession here. Let's make this confession. It says what? I am loved and accepted by my heavenly father. I open my heart to be filled with his love. He loves me and I love him. We are one. Are you hearing? Hallelujah. Understand something. Why do people get in these bad relationships over and over and over again? Trying to look for love. Looking for something. You're looking for God. You're looking for him. And when he fills that place of your heart, you stop searching for it out there. And God will add a relationship to you. He'll add it into your life when your heart is ready for it. Are you understanding? Relationships break down. Marriages fail when the new wife expects the husband to love her and she's not giving the same love. When they both are trying to receive the love of God from each other. That can only be found in a born again believer's life. As Christ tells the husband to love the wife as Christ loved the church. So if he is a born again believer, she can look and she can look and she should expect the love of God to flow from her husband. Right. And if he's a born, if she's a born again believer, he should be able to expect for her to be submitted unto him as, as the church is to Christ. They can expect a godly, a godly union. Are you hearing? But again, the, the breakdown happens when we are looking for God and he's not there. Humans cannot manufacture the love of God. Only God can give you his love. We'll go on to part two next time. There's much more for me to share with you. 
I believe next time we'll talk about you being comfortable in the worst case scenario. You beginning to be comfortable in the worst case scenario. You find out that when you are, the power of that will be completely broken and shattered over your life. Completely shattered over your life. As you're trusting God to keep you safe from blank. I'm not sure what your thing is, but you're going to have to speak to God. Or else you'll be doomed to walk in circles. Never to fulfill your destiny. Always afraid. Can't move forward into the greater things of God. That's not you. You must move forward in your life. You must progress in life. All of heaven is backing you up. You have authority from the throne of God. Don't you understand the name of Jesus is tied into God's throne? They ask Jesus, by what authority or by what power do you do this? The Father gave him the power, the authority. So in the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus is tied to the authority of God the Father. You have his name, official authority from the throne of God. So you have the power. But can you pull the trigger? Can we stand? The children of Israel saw the the works of God. They saw the glory cloud. They saw the pillar of fire. They saw it. They knew God was with him. They knew God was with him. They knew it. They saw Pharaoh and his army drowned in the sea. They knew the power of God was present. But when they came, when it came time to, to battle their own fears, they couldn't cross over. It wasn't because God hadn't shown them that he was all powerful. He had shown them time and time again that he was a God of the impossible. But they did not deal with the fear. They said, we see ourselves as grasshoppers. They said, this is how I see myself. And because they saw themselves that way, they were not able to cross over. How do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? Father, I thank you in the mighty name of Jesus for the day. I thank you, Father, for the word that you've given. And I thank you, Lord, that it has become life, Lord, to all those who hear it. And Father, I pray that your word will will fall upon good ground, good, fertile, rich ground. And there it will produce uh, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Father, I'm believing you for a 100 fold return in the heart of everyone that has received it. Father, I pray today that their lives will be changed, set free and delivered. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God, that as they seek you, for revelation concerning their own fears. Lord, I pray that you would reveal to them what it is and show them that through Christ that you've given them the ability to overcome it. For Lord, I declare and I declare the decree of your people that they are overcomers, that they will move forward in life and that they will live this life in abundance. They will, they will thrive. They will increase. They will have much more. Father, I thank you that they are sons and daughters of God. And you call them to a great destiny and purpose in you. Show them, Father, who they really are. Show them who they are in you. Father, I release this word to you now. In Jesus' name.
no regrets. In Jesus' name. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose Him as your Lord today. Only He can make a way.